Welcome to another episode of the Tech That Doesn't Bycast, episode number nine. Yay! Joining number me, of nine. course, is my buddy, Jeff Warden. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good to be here with you and everybody watching. Yeah, welcome, everybody. How's it going, Jeff? It's going. It's going. It's a nice, bright, sunny day. I probably should be outside. <laughs> That's probably the probably the biggest thing. I should be outside. But I'm happy to be doing this too. Don't get me wrong. And maybe Fine. I'll go outside. Go outside then. Yeah, you know what? I will. <laughs> Screw this, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, but you know what? If you got an opportunity to actually go outside, you should go outside, especially if it's a nice sunny day. I mean, it's you know, a lot, typical LA day. It's bright and it's sunny outside. And my solar panels are working. So I'm really happy about that. So yes. Wow. <laughs> Stop promoting your your solar. I can't help it. I'm a homeowner, man. I can't help. I can't help that. <laughs> yeah. If you guys been watching our channel, he has a, he did make a review video of solar floodlights. I did. I, I did. thought it rains yeah. here that often, but you know, I don't know why. You well, you it. know what it does? It does, but you know, it, it, it works well enough. I can't really complain about it. And the solar panels are doing a bang up job for, for the house in general. I'm looking forward to seeing my first electric bill, see if it's like really low or if it's zero or, you know, something akin to that. So it'll be interesting to see what will pop up for that. Whatever. Huh? Yeah, I'll know keep you too. posted. I'll keep you posted. All right. Well, Jeff, why don't we get yeah. on to the first stories? And right. let's go on to your first story, Jeff. All right. My first story has to do with Sony and the PlayStation. Now, uh, if you haven't already bought one, uh, <laughs> haven't already bought one. I, I actually don't. <laughs> no, I, I haven't bought one either. I've never actually bought into PlayStations myself. But apparently, at the end of the physical fiscal year for uh, for Sony, uh, basically that's between January and March of this year, Sony has managed to sell 7.8 million PS5 consoles. And in the in the, in the period between January and March, as I mentioned, 3.3 million of them actually got moved during that time. So they were ordered, moved, and shipped out, and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah. So this is a, a long beat uh, with being coupled with some. You know, nearly 48 million subscribers, uh, which is a almost a 15% increase from last year. So as far as I can tell, Sony is just making money hand over fist here. And, and according to their what they say, uh, it, it, they, these are record fourth quarter uh, uh, operating profits in the uh, the realm of 342.2 billion yen, or about 3.14 billion U.S. dollars for fiscal year 2020. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. So, um, she's, yeah. So like I mentioned, they, they, they had shipped somewhere in the neighborhood of about four and a half million PS5 units, uh, at the end of, of 2020. This is hardly surprising given that we've been in a pandemic, we've been locked in our houses. So why mm -hmm. not? Uh, the Nintendo switch actually has been a big competitor for, for that sort of thing too. And, you know, I gotta say, while that's an impressive number, those are rookie numbers, damn it. You know why these are rookie numbers, Simon? Why? Do you know why? I'll tell you why. The reason these are rookie numbers because the demand for the PS5 still hasn't been met by the supply of PS5s. There is still greater demand 
that is being met that by by Sony. So it, it's kind of astonishing that they haven't ramped up their production to actually try to meet this demand. So it, it, it's kind of wild. Um, and a lot, but if you're not able to either afford a PS5 or you can't get one, uh, which apparently is still very hard to come by, as I've kind of mentioned about the supply and demand part yeah. of it, uh, PS4s are still being manufactured and sold. Uh, granted, for, for this past quarter, if I'm reading this right, a very modest 1 million units got moved this you know, for this past quarter. Uh, that's about 30% less from last year. So it's hardly surprising that there's less demand. But still, to move a million units in the last quarter... That's pretty cool, you know, really, when you think about that. And, uh, of course, coupled with all this good stuff, if any of you experienced this uh, yesterday on the 27th, um, if you were goofing around on your PlayStation or if you were on the PlayStation Network as a whole, buying apps and other good stuff like that, uh, you probably got to encounter the global outage that occurred <laughs> at around 2 p.m., PS, you know, PST. So I, Simon, I know you didn't encounter this. I didn't encounter this myself. Says you know, you don't have a PlayStation, as you mentioned. I don't um, have a PlayStation Five, but I well, have a PlayStation. Okay, 3. were you playing around? Were you playing around with it? Were you playing around with it yesterday? No, no. Okay, then. <laughs> no, no. Apparently, this apparently this outage actually lasted for about an hour and a half. Uh, but bear, everyone got back online and was having fun after all that happened. And Sony, to date so far, has not commented or given a reason as to how or why it happened and so forth. This will be posted that it happened. They took care of it. An hour and a half later, everybody's back online and nobody has noticed the, or nobody's been the wiser. Now, I have no idea what happened. If I had to speculate what happened, it almost sounds like Sony came under like a denial of service attack and they attacked them right at their name server level. So it shut down everything that had to do with anything PlayStation or, or Sony in that regard. That's my take on it. I have, I have no idea, but that that's my take on it. So, yeah, I... I was kind of astonished by the whole thing that, you know, they actually went down like the entirety of the PlayStation network went down for an hour and a half. That just blows my mind. Think about how much money was being lost. <laughs> All that money. Yeah. <laughs> but it might be just chump change for them. And, well, for them, it probably yeah, would be for, for an hour and a half. It could be yeah. for us. Yeah. For us, however, there'd be about a year's salary. Maybe who knows? It's uh <laughs> five years of salary, <laughs> five years salary. Oh my God. God, jeez. Yeah. So and yeah, so, that's, uh, that's uh that's PlayStation and the Sony network and all that. So kudos to Sony for being able to make a make a device that the uh they that could that's still uh, uh is being manufactured at high volume and, and is trying to get met by by the demand for it. So yeah, kudos on that. Kudos to them. That. I mean, I know the PSR is very hard to get. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. I just like I just, I don't keep up with gaming news because I'm not a gamer mm. of any sorts. So sorry just, to hear that. Sorry you to should, hear that. Yeah, you should socialize less and game more. That's what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't do I don't do any of those anyways. So. <laughs> I don't well, do any fill, of those anyways. You can fill the void in game. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just games aren't used to be the way that I grew up with. No, they're just completely different. So, well, back in my day, there were board games. You know, I was around when Monopoly was invented. Now nah, I will play that now. <laughs> I will play that. Like I find that yeah, more no, interesting. I, I, I do too. I, I find to that more interesting than any new games. Yeah. On console. Yeah. That's no, I, I, I used to play a, play that a lot as a, uh, when I was a kid. I played with my kids too. You know, board games and card games and whatnot. So we still we still get off off the machines once in a while and, and play. So it's all good there. Yeah. So I, I will play that anytime. All right. Yeah. Cool. 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 But kudos to Sony and I'm and their profits. Yeah, I'm still rocking my PS3. It still nice. works for as hey, a Blu-ray player. So 
Right. <laughs> yeah. But if it's not broken, you don't need to replace it. There you go. Exactly. There you go. All right. What's your assignment for the day here? All right. Our next story is now the craziness going around with NFT. Now, this story just blew my mind. We all know <sighs> the woman in the disaster girl meme. And this is the meme that they're referencing. This meme right here, everyone knows what this meme. And for those who multiple are multiple times. For, for those who are only get the audio side of this whole thing, basically the yeah. meme you're looking at is the uh, the little girl who was smiling while her house is on fire or a house is on fire. Yeah, exactly. It's that, that meme. That, that meme right there. And Zoe Roth was four years old. That's the name of the girl on the picture. When her dad snapped a photo of her smirking in front of a burning house. Now, 21, she reclaimed <laughs> ownership of the, res the resulting meme. The woman featured in the popular internet meme, Disaster Girl, has reclaimed ownership over the image and made quite the profit. It's sold as a non, is it fungible? Fungible, right, with a yeah. G. Non-fungible token for more than $450,000. Dang, man. The meme itself God. came into existence when Zoe Roth, now 21, was merely four years old. Her dad snapped a photograph of her outside of a home in their North Carolina neighborhood as it burned down in 2005. Man, that's an old meme. It is. <laughs> the resulting image, which appeared to show Roth looking upon the house as though she were responsible for the flames, <laughs> ended up winning you know, JPEG Magazine's emotion capture contest and later made the rounds on Flickr, Zoomer, and beyond. Never heard of Zoomer. I'm not sure what Zoomer is myself. Roth's smirk in front of the fire has since become internet shorthand for chaos and has been shared millions of times. Knowing this, the UNC Chapel Hill senior decided to auction the image off as a non-fungible token or NFT after receiving an email suggesting she do so. NFTs are unique and can't be replaced with something else. The Verge explained and can most and can most closely be compared with a work of art or even a one-of-a-kind trading card. Mm. Most are stored on the Ethereum blockchain, essentially a digital leader for cryptocurrency. Right. The right. item's value is based on its rarity. The Disaster Girl NFT was coded so that Roth keeps the copyright, and each time it is bought, she receives 10% of the sale. Such a move puts her in control of the viral image for the first time in nearly 16 years. Wow. A 24-hour auction for the NFT ultimately yielded Roth nearly $458,000 or 180 ETH, which she planned to split with her family. Dang. No. Roth told Raleigh News and Observer that she specifically planned to donate her portion to nonprofits and added, and added, nobody who is a meme tried to do that. It just ended up that way. Is it luck? Is it faith? I have no idea. But I will take it. <laughs> good answer. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good answer. Good for yeah. you. Also donated to nonprofits as well. So That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I, I Yeah. It's insane. Right. Well, it, it's like the nine cat that I, I talked yeah, about. Yeah, we talked about talk, we're talking before months, that. A few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it's the same thing. But but that's but see, that's almost different in that the nine cat being an original piece of artwork that was created. So I mean it, it's very uh traditional if you want to think of it that way. He was able to sell it for 300 Ethereum, Ethereum, or however it's pronounced, which came out to like what four hundred five hundred and forty thousand dollars, something Close akin to that. that. I think so. Yeah, a lot and more. So Right, something around there, and obviously this 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 little girl, now young woman, was able to make almost a half a million dollars. 
um, you know, for, for basically the same thing for a chance photograph, you know, and which yeah. I'd imagine was probably, you know, fixed up a little bit. So that's a very unique picture. And that's just good timing. It. It, that's usually how the good photographs yeah. are. That's usually how they are. Dang. I mean, it, it's insane. Like NFTs are getting a lot of traction. I mean, even, I don't know the NBA officially does it, but you have an NBA top shot. Uh, no, it's kind of no. like it. It's similar. I think it's, I think it's considered an NFT. So it's basically, it's like a player's gameplay. Mm -hmm. So NBA, let me search for that top shot. All right. It looks pretty similar or it's a similar concept, but people could buy into it. So it is officially licensed by the NBA. Oh wow! Okay. So it'd be collecting like different, different like you uh, know, collections. Uh -huh. and these are all digital stuff. You know, so it's like, it's, it's like a marketplace that they have. Huh. So it's like it's see like this hollow of John Moran Dunk. John Moran. So it's like a. Oh, wow. So it, it's almost like it. I mean, maybe this is not really an NFT, but, but you're buying like something digital. Right. Well, you're buying something digital and it's, it will have a unique marker to it so that if somebody tries to duplicate it, they can actually verify its authenticity uh, almost right away. If you actually have like the, the blockchain that's supposed to be associated with it. Unfortunately, I'm not as savvy with, with NFTs as I'd like to be in terms of how they yeah, operate and so forth. I, I, I've read it and I'm just like, it'll, it'll sink in eventually. But, um, you know, yeah, but cryptocurrency as a whole is, is I think maybe a new means of copywriting and, and protection for, for a lot of unique images and, and, uh, artwork and films you know, and video clips, like what, what, uh, what the NBA is showing there, uh, whether it's the wave of the future, I couldn't say it'd be interesting, but as a means of exchange, like money is, I'm not sure that'll ever get replaced, but who knows for sure. I mean, we live, a lot of us live on plastic. We, we deal in plastic very, very readily and so forth. Not a, not a big, um, not too big of an issue there to actually make that switch to eventually getting rid of paper money overall yeah. and coins too, for that matter. I mean, even, even parking meters nowadays are actually taking credit cards. Um, and sometimes only take credit cards if they don't take coins either. So it's it's it is possible to move to a to a more more digital format, if you will, or to a non paper currency format, if you want to think of it that way. Well, some countries so, do that. Some countries oh, yeah, have sure they do it very well. Here yeah. in the states, I don't know ever <laughs> happened because I mean, well, I, maybe, I mean, like it's not everyone's tech savvy here. <sighs> I got that right. I was otherwise I'd have been out of a job, you know, being a tech support agent all those years. It was like, oh no, you're not smart enough to use this. Good, I'll talk to you about it. Mm. Like, you know, you know, if you go up to your ATM, you could use your phone mm -hmm. to pull your ATM card now. Right. You no, know, technically, you know, in a in a perfect world, everybody would be doing that. Right. But right. most that's, people that's don't do it. And that's why bank tellers are still there. <laughs> yeah, they still but, have but they, have, they, they have been they have been automating a lot of that though. I I, I could tell you for personal experience. They, they have, have, but there's always going to be a need for a natural person to help you. Yeah, in for in our yeah in our world. 
for now. Live on these. For now. <laughs> yeah, for now. Yeah, I would imagine probably in, in in maybe probably a couple of generations, if not maybe a third generation within a hundred years, that that actually might be removed. But it depends on how good the AI is and a whole slew of other factors that go with it. And do we really want to say hello to our new robot overlords? I don't know. I, I I'm I might not be around for that, and that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's Who their knows? problem in the future. It's going to be somebody else's problem. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to our next story. All right. What is our next story, Simon? Do tell It'll about It'll be our, your our story, story, Jeff. Are you sure? Because mine's more open discussion, so we could probably go with yours instead. If it's All right. Let's talk yeah. about the, the somewhat related to Fortnite. <gasps> Not the Fortnite stuff. Yeah. So... If you guys are interested in that, you, know, you could definitely read their ongoing lawsuits. But me, me, you know, me, this me, is kind of part of it. You know, you know, you know, it's like an argument case. Like, oh, they did this, they did that. So, Ooh. so this one for you, iMessage fans. You know, who wanted to move to Android? Well, Eddie Q wanted to bring iMessage to Android in 2013. Oh, you know, Eddie Q pushed to bring iMessage to Android as of early. As 2013, according to a new deposition made by May Public as part of the Epic case, currently Apple senior VP of software and services, Q wanted to devote a full-time iMessage support on Android, only to be overruled by other executives. The line of questioning is likely to play a significant role in Epic's antitrust, antitrust lawsuit, which argues that iOS app store exclusively represents an illegal use of market power. Epic has made it clear in previous filings that it plans to make iMessage exclusive exclusivity part of the of that argument, citing a 2016 email from Phil Schiller that argues iMessage expansion will hurt us more than it help us. The latest deposition cites a specific email exchange between Q and Craig Federighi, currently Apple's senior vice president of software engineering, beginning on April 7th and April 8th. 2013. Hmm. The exchange came after news circulated that Google had attempted to purchase WhatsApp for a billion dollars. Really? I did not know that. God, yeah. According to the exchange, Q took the rumors as a sign that iMessage should expand to Android to cement Apple's holds on messaging app. Hmm. And then it shows this little email message that you guys can read. You know, so you know, I could read you know, one part, and Jeff, you reenact this part right here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like, we really need to bring iMessage to Android. I have a couple of people investigating this, but we should go full speed and make this an official project. Do you want to lose one of the most important apps in the mobile environment to Google? They have search, mail, free video, and growing quickly in browsers. We have the best messaging app, and we should make it the industry standard. I don't know what ways we can monetize it, but it doesn't cost us a lot to run. Hmm. Do you have any thoughts on how we could make switching to iMessage from WhatsApp compelling to masses of Android users who don't have um, a bunch of iOS friends? iMessage is a nice app slash service, uh, but to get users to switch social networks, uh, we need more than a, mar- than a marginally better app. This is why Google was willing to pay uh, $1 billion for the network, not for the app. In the absence of a strategy to become the primary messaging service for the bulk of cell phone users, I'm concerned that iMessage on Android would simply serve to remove an obstacle to iPhone families giving their kids Android's phones. 
Huh. So that's a little, that was our little emo reenactment. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. End scene. End scene. End scene. Elsewhere in the deposition, Q says, I remember the time of wanting to do an iMessage app on Android ourselves. Would there have been a cross compatibility with the iOS platform so that users of both platforms would have been able to exchange messages? The questioner responds, that was certainly the discussion and the view that I had. Q's argument with Federighi mirrors earlier confusion over FaceTime, which Steve Jobs initially pledged to make available as an open standard, but ultimately restricted to iOS devices. iMessage availability has been particularly sore point in the rivalry between Android and iOS, with iMessage's green bubbles attaching significant social stigma to Android phones. Eight years later, it seems unlikely that iMessage will ever come to Android. But another passage in the deposition suggests Q still isn't entirely won over by Federici's case. Hmm. Do you believe that not do you believe that not having iMessage on Android has created an obstacle to families giving their kids Android phones? The questioners ask Q in the deposition. No, not at all, Q replies. The filing is reproduced in full below. So this is a giant long 123 deposition document that you guys are more than welcome to read. Yeah, you're more than welcome to read. I'm not going to read that. Yeah, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to reenact a law and order style <laughs> epic lawsuit deposition. All right. We'll, we'll need to use, uh, use as monotone a voice as possible because I'm sure it'll be just that exciting to read. <laughs> yeah. So God. what do you think, man? I mean, could I have well, mess? Worse, we could have iMessage on Android, but true, uh, you know. But it, the the reaction for Apple to not do that is hardly surprising, given that they've always yeah. been a closed system thinker. So the fact that that they do it this way is hardly surprising. This this is this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody in the scheme of things. Now, shouldn't be, yeah, it shouldn't be surprising, but it's disappointing here. Arguably, that's yeah. true. You know, I mean, to not have iMessage available on pretty much any device you can get your hands on, be it Apple, Android, or otherwise. I mean, honestly, um, it would have been a boon, and I think in a lot of ways, for Apple to have done that. And it basically had the market share on messaging apps. Yeah. And uh, but but there's a valid point that it might promote the 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 purchase of Androids and whatnot. But you know, if, if you're if you're loyal to Apple to out to the Apple products, you know, and, and Simon, I'm going to look at you funny for this one. You know, <laughs> you know, you're going to buy Apple stuff and that's cool. There's nothing, certainly nothing wrong with that. You know, I, on the other hand, buy Android stuff. I prefer the open system. I like being able to plug in and get to the file and nitty gritty stuff. I, I like doing that. I know, I don't know if you could necessarily do that with an Apple, but if you don't have like a file manager type of setup, you might not be able to get to those things. And that, that could be a problem. Maybe or maybe not. But yeah, my, my take on it is I, I think Apple maybe did miss an opportunity here because I think people um, are fairly brand loyal to yeah. what they use. Now, that's not to say that it can't switch, that it can't, you know, switch around. There's always a gray area of people who are in the, well, I'm not sure what kind of, you know, device I should get, be it a, you know, iPhone or, or, or a Samsung or whatever. Um, but you know, it it, has, it boils down to preference. I mean, you know, my my own kids, you know, they they've got iPhones, they're real happy with it. My wife does, and they'll probably stick with it, and I'm totally fine with that. My young my younger one was actually thinking of switching. 
you know, I don't want to switch and I'm pretty sure I won't. And it's not because I have any kind of dislike for Apple. I just don't want to use their stuff. You know, I, I like Samsung. I like what it offers and I'm, I'm totally okay with it. And it works out great. I had zero issues with it. So, yeah. Well, I think for me, like it was a, it's a good opportunity. I think like it wouldn't, like, I'm just speaking on personal, yeah. you know, experience with it. Like I have an Android phone too. And it would be great if I could have iMessage on Android so I could, Maybe one day, like, you know, I'm going to put my iPhone away for today. I want to use my Android phone. And I go out, no problem with it. I still get my messages. Right. I have to worry about, you know, oh, man, this person messaged me on that other phone instead of that other phone. So, like, you know, I'm someone who likes to play with different brands of devices. That is true. Given given that you test a lot of yeah. stuff, that certainly makes sense. You get you actually have that that flexibility. A lot of people, I think, kind of lack that flexibility. So they stick with one or the other. Yeah, one or the other. So, but I also think that, given that, from our experience going out and seeing what people use when they take out their phones and stuff like that, most of the time I see more iPhones than natural Androids. Hmm. That's in my experience. Right. So, like, maybe once in a while I'll see someone using a Samsung. I'm assuming it's a Samsung. Probably it could me. be. Could be. <laughs> you know, I I don't see anyone using Pixels, unfortunately. Even though that's probably the best Android phone out there. <clears throat> but most of the time, I see people use iPhones. Right. And well, I, I, when it, but when it comes to phones, it's also a matter of like you know what you're going to use it for. If you just need a phone to you know, make phone calls with, you don't need the latest and greatest you know bleeding edge technology of, of any kind of phone. You just need yeah. something that's going to work. That's so, true. Yeah. No, so I get people got the the cheapest iPhone. Right. 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 And on top of that, I mean, it's also a matter of of what they're used to using and whatnot. I know. I know one individual. She's um, used a lot of. Of a uh, uh, Google device, I don't want to say Google devices of uh, you know of Android type devices um, that um, you know use Chrome, using all this other stuff. So she has that familiarity with using a the Samsung Android platform. So when she finally got an actual smartphone, she'd been using a flip phone for years. When she finally got a smartphone, because the, the flip phone wouldn't wouldn't charge anymore, um, she was able to adapt reasonably well. To the phone, and she was able to fit. Her, you know, she was able to figure it out. So, but, as both like going to a, to an iPhone, it's like oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, which could have you know a bigger learning curve. But the thing is, like with iPhone, like it seems like oh, you won't get the end. What I'm trying to say is that you know, if iMessage was on Android, it'll be a great. It'll be, it would have been a great feature, and you know, Apple could easy monetize this, like make it a paid app. People will pay it for it. Just maybe so, like because iPhone users, at least here in the States, I don't know about other countries. I know other countries, they're really reliant on WhatsApp. I know Japan uses Line, mm-hmm. messaging apps, Signal. But here in the States, everyone uses iPhone users. Most of them use iMessage. So, you know, if I switch my phone to an Android and uh, I can pay like, let's say they Apple charge 10 bucks for iMessage. Right. Sure. I'll pay for it just so I could keep in touch with everyone else that's on an iPhone. Right, right. So that's that's what's one small way price to pay it. rather than having to fork out buying iPhones. But the matter of fact is, I don't think it will hurt iPhone sales because people are still gonna buy iPhones. Yeah, that's people a, are still yeah, gonna that, buy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you and I are and on the, the same page. The fact about that it, marketing sure. from Apple is much better than any Android phone manufacturers. That, you know, that's a good point. 
That's a very good point. They do they do kind of kind of push that way. They, yeah, I've I see I see more iPhone ads than Samsung ads. Yeah, that's generally true. Yeah, so, I was, I, I, yeah no, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you about that. Or at least they, they certainly push Apple yeah. as a brand. You don't. Yeah, remember this. one one phone manufacturer left the is leaving the business. Remember LG? Right, right. Because they right. couldn't market that well. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's so, just bad business practice. We want to get into that part. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, but the, my my only counterpoint is, and that, I don't think there's the learning curve, but a lot of the Google stuff because you could get on iOS, you could download Chrome for iOS. Right, right. It's there. What Google well, Drive, my, my, Google Maps. Well, Definitely yeah. use Google Maps, not Apple Maps, because that's crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's Good crap, to know. Right? Yeah, right. Let's hope they fix that for you for your sake. No, no I don't my, think my, ever fix yeah, that. yeah, you may be right. Yeah. <laughs> Just stick no, with my, Google my, or Waze, all right. Right. My, my, counter, my counterpoint though is that regardless of the device that you're using, whether it's an Apple, whether it's Android, you could still always text somebody with an iPhone. You could always text their message. The, the, yeah, the text is still a good go experience. It's, it's gonna default, it's, it defaults to SMS. Not a good experience. Well, again, that it's a matter of what your needs are or if you actually care. See, that's that's even the other part of it. If you don't really care, if your texts get through, that's all that really matters. That depends that, what kind of but what kind of things you're sending. If you're sending like a just a regular text, like hello, what's going on? Like just words, yeah. that's fine. But nowadays people send videos, yeah, pictures, and those are high. No, those file sizes are big and SMS can't handle that. They have to compress the quality down. And then you look at your video, it's like a little block size. Not well, my message. That is true. Well, that's true. But again, it, it depends on any other the probably... messaging apps out there. Yeah, no, I, I think that also depends on what they, what they are. I mean, I text, you know, pictures and, and video to my wife a lot, you know, whether they're like you know, reaction gifts or, you know, just some weird clip I found or whatever. Maybe I just took a picture of myself and, you know, sent it to her, whatever it is. And it comes up fine for her. Arguably, her pictures, at least at least as far as I'm concerned, iPhone pictures are usually superior to the Samsung ones. I, I will grant that. Try and try sending a, a big video, something you recorded from your phone. Yeah. One day. All right. Like a. No, you're you're. I do watch, I do I do video auditions, so I can certainly send, I can certainly send something along. I've been yeah. kind of set, set your phone, that. the highest video recording quality, and All try right. to send that over SMS and tell me how, and then ask that person on the other end. It's like. Watch the videos, see how it looks. Okay. All right. No, you know what? I'm kind of curious to try that now. Give it a shot. Let me tell you, it's not a good experience. I'm sure it probably isn't. (laughs) It's horrible, I tell you. See, that's why you post that to to social media so everybody can access it that way and it comes out better. But whatever. Yeah, but not everyone want to post everything on social media. I, it no. depends on the person. If you're Kim Kardashian, it's everything. If it's you and I, I mean, nobody nobody wants to see that. No, like I I I have friends on WhatsApp because they're on they're using Android. Right. Okay. I have another friend that's on Signal. Right, so like right. I have two apps, two messaging apps. And again, messaging right now in, you know, the mobile world, it's a giant mess. Right. Because there's just yeah. too many of them. There's no one singular format that we can all rely on. Yeah. No, yeah, but, I know. That's a good point. Well, no, it's competitive. It's least, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're all free, though, that's actually probably part of the other thing, too. So, you know, why would somebody want to pay for a messaging app? Granted, I, I get your argument about it, but if there's so many free options out there, why pay for one? 
you know, what you can say, Hey, yeah. I got all, Hey, you know, you can tell all your friends, Hey, I'm on WhatsApp, man. Let's all just, you know, chat that way. Yeah. But now I'm about to download all 50 free apps <laughs> onto your phone. It's like, which one you're at? I'm on WhatsApp. You're on WeChat. You're on Signal. You're on this Right. One. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, that's a good I point. Hate all too, of you. So I hate all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can help you guys. I can't fit it all on my I'm phone. Not being, yeah. I, I don't want to be your friends anymore. You guys have too many freaking <laughs> yeah. different messaging apps. <laughs> Stop sending me crap. Yeah. No, I get it. No, I totally get that. All right, no, that's that's a that's what we'll have to have to follow and see if uh, see if maybe Epic actually touches on that and maybe either fixes it or it gets rectified or if it just gets you know becomes dust in the wind. Who knows? We'll have to see about that. Who knows? We'll have to see. Who knows? All right, last story, I suppose. Last story. Last uh, story. Last the best antivirus software for 2021 for Windows 10 machines. Now, courtesy of CNET. Um, they, they actually had, I came across this list of what the best antivirus programs were. So as, as you, uh, for those of you who are, who are watching this, you can certainly see this and I'll, I'll rattle them off as I kind of go here as we, as Simon and I will talk about it. I was, I was a little surprised personally that the best free windows antivirus is Microsoft defender. (laughs) Now, yes. I, and that was pretty much my reaction was like, what? And then I started laughing. And um, now, for now, if you're not sure, this used to be called Windows Defender. I actually had to look into that a little bit. It used to be called Windows Defender. It was, it was even called something way before that. Yeah, it was called Crap. They, they bought and, out some company. Uh, I forgot what, what what the original company was, but they bought it and they just implemented it. Oh yeah, into Windows. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that's actually the thing about what, it is that it? this this keep is keep talking. This, Let me look. For yeah. It. This is the default antivirus program that comes with uh, Windows when you when you buy a new machine uh, or you buy Windows. Whatever. This is the default thing that it comes with, which you know, if for anybody who's ever dealt with Windows over the years like I have, that should immediately make it suspect. <laughs> just leave it at that. And arguably, it's just like okay, well, you've got Internet Explorer. I mean, Explorer on there, and that's the default browser which everybody uses to download Firefox or Chrome or whatever else, so they don't have to use Internet Explorer. Explorer, excuse me. So. The so I was just very surprised that the best free Windows antivirus per CNET is Microsoft Defender. Now I personally have never used it, so I actually can't say whether it's good or bad. But I did come across um, a website av-test.org, and we'll we'll bring that up in a moment here. Um, in terms of uh, of and they actually do tests on different uh, uh, antivirus software on different platforms for the Mac and for Android. And uh, I was surprised that when I went to this website that their latest test in, in February actually showed that Microsoft Defender kicked butt and took names. I was shocked by that. So there may be something to this. And, um, you know, it's a, so that might be worth looking into if you want to look into that. So moving on from that, uh, apparently, the best antivirus subscription software for Windows is the Norton 360 with LifeLock Select. Now, I, I personally have had limited experience with Norton. I think I had used them like a bunch of years back when around the time they first came out. And they were pretty good. I didn't have any really major complaints with it, but I never, I haven't really used them that much. Simon, have you used it yourself, not, uh, Norton, or any of its incarnations? Oh, gosh, a long time ago. Right. Okay. Like, <laughs> so you and I were the same When program. I was using Windows <sighs> 2000 or 90, Windows XP? 2000, okay. I was thinking maybe yeah. 95. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I mean, and, and again, 
per you know, CNET says it's the best. And I was shocked that even even uh, uh, av-test.org thought they were pretty good too. I, I was actually really surprised by that. Now the LifeLock Select option, for those who aren't familiar with that, that's basically where they offer as part of the pricing service uh, that you get LifeLock as as part of that. But I think that eventually gets billed as a separate service. Yeah. I have LifeLock myself as a separate service uh, because we needed it. We had you know identity theft, all sorts of crap go on. Uh, it is absolutely worth its weight in gold. So if you don't have it, you should probably think about getting it. So I, I want to give a big shout out to LifeLock on that one. Um, this, so this stream is not sponsored by Norton. No, they're not. But God, I wish they, uh, yeah, I wish they would. <laughs> Jeez, that'd be great. Oh, you spoke highly of LifeLock. We'll give you some money. Here's a dollar. Oh, God, thank you so much. So, all right. So moving on from that, the best free antivirus alternative for Windows, I like how they phrase that, the antivirus alternative, uh, Bitdefender Antivirus Free Edition. Now, I've never used Bitdefender. I have no idea if it's actually any good or whatnot. Have you ever used it yourself? or Not Bitf Bitdefender, but I've heard about it before. Yeah, I hear I hear fair things about it. I would imagine it's pretty good. And AV Test actually gave it real high marks as well. So if anybody's used Bitdefender, you know, I'd love to hear any kind of feedback you have about it and go from there. Now, uh, this one doesn't surprise me in and of itself. So I was actually real happy about this one myself. Now uh, best, what's that? Which one? You're... I, I was I was going down to the next one. I was going oh, okay. to the next one. Uh, the best on-demand Windows malware removal, malware bytes. Yeah. Now I have I have nothing but like, nice things to actually say about malware bytes uh, itself. And I used it. Oh God, probably ten plus years ago, a little longer maybe. Still pretty uh, good. I, I've used it recently, not too long I, ago. So. I still have it installed in my computer for you know, God forbid that the you know something go horribly wrong. But I have like other antivirus programs on there, so I got a few things running uh, in the event that something horrible goes wrong. But malware bytes, boy, that that saved my butt when uh, when I had caught a virus and I was able to get it removed, get it in there, and, and fix things up. It was really great. I was real happy about that. Uh, so I got nothing but nice things to actually say about 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 malware bytes. Granted, this is ten odd years ago plus longer. Um, and again, uh, AV test gave it gave it high marks. It did really well for itself. So, zang to that. Um, the, the funny part about malware bytes though, is that I needed it to, um, not so much for the, the other virus incidents, but I actually needed it for the next program I'm going to talk about. Apparently the, it, it CNET rated a solid subscription antivirus alternative, the McAfee total protection. Now, have you used McAfee before Simon yourself? Have you? No, have you I, back then it wasn't. <laughs> It was probably one of the ones that everyone says to avoid. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll That's what I remember. Something. Okay, I, I've used McAfee. Yeah, it 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 is a massive piece of bloatware. Now they, maybe this has changed, but when they first came out, they were they were the one to use, and they were good. They were really really were. Uh, but I think that was also a simpler time where there was just viruses that you could just eliminate, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Over the years. And, and based on my experience, and even my, my wife will also attest to this as well. If God forbid that you installed a piece of software that came with McAfee as like a as a as a partner or some crap like that, you would be so screwed in trying to get McAfee removed from your computer. It was that bad. You needed an antivirus crowbar to yank that crap out, 
just so that you could clean your machine again. That's how bad <laughs> it was. And it's blowware. It was something in the neighborhood of like 300 odd megs or more. I mean, it was, it, I, if I'm remembering it right, it's been a while because I haven't played with that stuff in so long that when the last yeah, time been, I encountered it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, the last time I, I used it, it was awful. And when it installed, you had to go in and do registry fixes. You had to use malware bytes to remove it. Uh, you know, and, and no, I mean, really, it was bad. So I, so I like swore off the stuff. Same thing happened with my wife. She swore off it. It would never return to McAfee since. And um, I'm trying to remember, you know, how are they rated now? Let me take a quick gander here. Let's see, McAfee, McAfee. McAfee also got high marks uh, as one of the better software out there. So maybe they've slimmed down. Maybe they're not you know, behaving in a, in a bloatware sort of manner, uh, may, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but God, I, I just remember just how horrific it was to use to sell the fact. What do you mean McAfee's installing my computer? Crap, now I gotta spend the next two hours removing it. I mean, it was so I gotta look for it removing. Right? Oh my god, it was so awful. Oh my god. Yeah. So I tried not to like have awful flashbacks about that one. So all right. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it totally is. Okay, so another good subscription option, according to CNET Trend Micro. Uh personally, I've never used them myself. Uh, but I do hear pretty good things about them, so I know that they're they're definitely one of, one of the upper echelon of of antivirus software. Have you ever dabbled in them yourself, Simon? Or have you ever? I know you long time ago. Micro. Oh yeah, were they were they good? Was it a good experience for you? It was okay. <laughs> don't strain yourself on the details there. No, it was okay. I mean, I, you know, this is like ten plus years ago, so I don't right. remember. Right, but I mean, if it did, could the have job gone, did, they right. could have you know changed so much. I won't even. No, won't right. even recognize it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So Trend Micro is, is definitely one of the ones that names that have been around a good long time, and they they definitely have managed to keep their market share. So they're still upgrading and still doing all right. So I I imagine that the, their software is still pretty good. Uh, I believe they actually got pretty good high marks on on the AV test uh, org um, dot org site as well, which mm -hmm. is probably where CNET got got this information because I doubt they did their own testing. I could be wrong. I, I may be way off on that one, but <laughs> AVtest.org, You know they they obviously test this stuff like literally every three months they test it they have like archive data and all their stuff so i i, I will take av tests word for what they say about it and whatnot although there's a really funny one about uh, google protect plan or whatever it's really hysterical I'll, I'll touch on it in a second there all right second to last item here worthwhile subscription alternative now i like worthwhile that's a great word like oh this is a worthwhile one if you really don't feel like spending money on <laughs> the other ones that's the best or a solid one worthwhile is this is third in line here here's the bronze medal i guess i don't know it's one called eset nod 32 antivirus i have never heard of eset or heard of it or, or how it's even pronounced have you you've played with it before or? uh not 32 yeah i did yeah it's okay. <laughs> I mean, what do you want to say? I mean, that I don't all you get? Well, I don't know. I mean, do I, I, when I used a Windows computer, I didn't. I never really got Windows virus. Ah, uh, okay. You know? So right it's on. like it's okay. there. We want to do. I mean, you want me to purposely get a virus to see if it works? No. I'm not uh, well, you that. know that that that's what AV test does. They. they well, they, I'm not they, AV test. We're tech. That, that is also fight. true. That is also true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the last but not least, uh, uh, you know, the alternative free Windows antivirus, Sophos Home. Now, I the only experience I've had with it would have been within the last seven years, maybe or a little little longer than that, when you and I were working at at the web hosting company, 
Um, yeah. When we all had Macintoshes and whatnot, that was the antivirus program you yep, used. Yep. Was Sophos, which so I kept thinking that it was strict that that was more of a Mac antivirus software. Seemed to work well enough for what it is. I didn't know they had a Windows version or that they actually went on Android too, I think, as well. So I'm like, oh, well, isn't this nice? So I, I was actually surprised that Mac actually had antivirus software because nobody ever attacked Macs with viruses. Or at least as a Windows guy, that was always the big rumor. It's like, well, yeah, Macs, uh, because they're not as prevalent in the market, nobody attacks them with viruses. Not right. right. It went, that was kind of the market. It worked well enough. But yeah, Macs get viruses and thus Sophos you know, was there. So, I mean, what, what's been your experience with Sophos? I use Sophos to sometimes... <laughs> I really like how Sophos used to be a client that's installed your computer and then you could control it on your computer. But they moved right. on to this web-based control that in order to, to kind of control it, you had to make an account on their website and it's like web-based. Right. And I don't like that. I, I like how it used to be. You install it, the client's right there on your computer and on that computer only. I have to go on sofos.com, log in, and then manage your stuff. I don't like that. Right. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to point out one that actually got me laughing really hard, and, and it's it's so awful. All right. So are you at the avtest.org site right now? All right. I, I can't see. I'm not looking at this. I'm not. Let, let's, let's pull it up. Let's let's pull that up real quick. Here What's the website? Uh, av-test.org. Avtest. Dot org? Dash. It's av-test.org. Okay. All right. Now, when you see like the header come up, you'll see like about the Institute news and then tests. I'm Let me see. see. Let me share my screen. That All will right. help. Yeah, there you go. All right, now if you mouse over on tests, uh, you want to click on uh, the test for the home users, then select Android, the Android antivirus, the first one there. You're going to get yourself a good laugh on this one. Okay. Now, once this comes up, I want you to scroll down. I want you to look at the results. What's the one thing that, that strikes you? What sticks out when you look at them? What sticks is, is out? The, what sticks out? Look, look at the results of what sticks out. Like protection? Yeah. Okay. So if you look at Google Play Protect, what do you notice about it? Google Play. <laughs> zero. <laughs> right. It's got zeros there. All right. So for those who, who can't see what's actually here, I'll describe it. Basically, there are three categories that um, AV test uses to, to basically grade uh, on a scale of zero to six uh, for an antivirus program. It uses protection, performance, and usability. Now, uh, pretty much everything that is listed here, there's like 21 antivirus programs. Sadly, Sophos isn't listed on here. At least, this is, granted, this is the Android stuff. But Sophos actually stopped getting listed after a while for, for Windows. Um, I was surprised to discover that the Google Play Protect antivirus program scored a zero for protection and a zero for usability. But it did score a six on the performance scale. And the performance scale, as I tend to kind of understand what it actually means, it means that it it that when you when the program loads, that it doesn't detract from the overall performance of the computer. 
that, that there's like a, there's a there's an industry standard of of, uh, of slowing that is used when when the program is, is activated, um, and I guess it, it scores well in you know to that range or better. And that's why it has a six. But if you wanted to protect your phone, you wanted to 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 have it be usable and whatnot, and finding mm-hmm. false positives and crap like that, that is not the program to use. Jeez. And, and and here's what's so awful about it. As near as I can tell, they've been testing this program since September of 2017. So this program, which has been around for almost five years now, four and a half, five years, they haven't improved it so that it does well in the other categories, just like all the other AVs, you know, all the other antivirus programs have. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Jeez. So, Yeah. So that that was that was a fun little little diamond in the rough I got to find when I looked this stuff up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So, but I I was I'm sad to say though that it, in that list of of uh, antivirus programs on, on the Windows 10 side of things, there I was sad to see that Viper actually ranked uh, near the bottom or, or third from the bottom in terms of being a good program. That's actually what I use and I've been using it for a bunch of years and they've been really great. They're, they're really, they got a good community and they've, uh, um, they always keep their, their definitions updated and whatnot to kind of keep things, uh, you know, on the clean and whatnot. And they're, they're really good. So I, I, I have nothing but nice things to say about them. They haven't slowed down my computer. They don't get in the way of anything. And, um, you know, I couldn't be happier with them, but, uh, yeah, but you know, a few years ago, I, I can tell you when I first purchased it a bunch of years back, they uh, they were lickety split real fast, real high on the hey, we're new to the market and, and we're really fast, and they and they are were, I don't know. So I'm wondering if they they probably need to improve a few things on their programming to you know to help up their stats a little bit. But uh, by comparison of you know Microsoft Defender, but uh, yeah, see again, that was my reaction. But uh, so yeah, so there you have it, uh, the the best and. Not so good and, and the worst of antivirus programs uh, for for the Windows 10 Google. machine and and, this, and one for the Android. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, I was uh, I was mildly surprised by by the Android one, but I thought you'd get a kick out of that too, just because that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty yeah. funny and pretty sad at the same time. Right, that's exactly what it is. It's pretty yeah. sad, is what it is. It's pretty funny and it's pretty sad. Pretty sad at the same time. There you go. And that's all I've got for, for, for my articles here today. And that's well, it. that's all we got today, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for watching and listening. If you guys are watching, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You yep. know, hit the thumbs up button if you like this video. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Do, subscribe. All, hit that bell notification so you get notified mm-hmm. when we go live, when we got new videos. Yep. If you're listening to us on podcast, thank you so much. You know, leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. You know, uh, check out our website. Check that yep. doesn't bite.com. Bite is spelled right. with a B Y T E. Yep, yep, yep. And if uh, you, if you have a, a podcast service that uh, we are not on, please let us know. We'd be happy to get ourselves on there and uh, spread ourselves like a virus because that's what we want to do. Yeah. After that, go ahead and install the best antivirus <laughs> because of that on your computer and your phone. <laughs> Jeff is the virus. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) All right, everybody. Until next time, keep an eye on our channel. We have more videos coming up. Should be uh, some this week and probably next week as well. So we hope. So we hope. Soon soon enough. Very soon. Please be patient with our reviews. We we are a two-man operation.
it's just us, man. It's yeah, just, it's just us. us. Oh, God. With We're so really, lonely. Really old computers. <laughs> hey, now. It's not that old. Well, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it's old, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Right, it right. is. So, <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll have some new videos for you guys. Absolutely. Until next Absolutely. time, everyone, take care of yourself. Have a great day. Have a wonderful night. We'll see you next week. Take care, Bye. everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye.